This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and we get on like peas and carrots. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, your favourite RuPaul's Drag Race reaction podcast. And today we are getting into the weeds of Canada versus the world with the super fun and talented Dublin drag queen, Mistaken. It is a fun episode. It is the weather ball. There's a lot of looks to get through and a bit of drama too. So I'm looking forward to it. Before we get into it, Thank you to everybody who shared that Sissy That Pod was in their top podcasts on Spotify Wrapped. We see you. We appreciate you. And yeah, if you haven't shared it yet, we, we'd love to see. We'd love to see who who is listening. And we also love to see what other podcasts people listen to who listen to us. There was a lot of Louise Mike Sherry's up there, which is great to see. There was a lot of flap culture by, with Fanula Jones. So yeah, always enjoy seeing that. While you're here as well, and we're talking about Spotify, if you'd like to give us a rating on Spotify, it'd be much appreciated. Now that Spotify wrapped up happened, I can see how many people have us as their number one or in their top five podcasts. And that number is like 10 times larger than the amount of people who have reviewed us. So please, if you're here and you're listening on Spotify, just go, just go to the page and give us a little review. It'd be much appreciated because it helps us get on the landmark from Spotify and we get more shared etc etc all like the nerdy podcast stuff so yeah you don't need to worry about that all you need to do is just give us a rating and we are indebted to you but for now let's get into the episode of Canada versus the world episode three we're mistaken Mistaken, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Sister Pod to discuss Canada versus um, the world are you enjoying Canada versus the world you know what I am right and I feel and I feel like everyone probably feels this um we're probably a little bit um overwhelmed let's say with the amount of drag race that we have at the moment um there is drag race like every format every like every country you know all these different franchises popping up left front and center and like it's not even like we get one new one a year we get like two or three new ones a year so mm. it's it's a bit overwhelming um, so I'm not going to pretend that I watch them all because I don't, <laughs> um, but I, I have stuck to like the ones that got my attention originally when they're doing like season two, three and four, that's when I'll follow on with them. Mm. Um, Canada versus the world is one that, um, I, do you know what? I, I really like the versus the world format because I do like the idea of getting them all together. Um, because you do like, and it's very evident, especially from this season, um, you get, very different styles of drag very different standards of drag together I'm like you know what's high standard for one is is not necessarily what's high standard for another mm-hmm. um so so yeah I think it's a good it's a it's a it, like it's a good season um or format of a season to be able to watch while all the other seasons are going on as well if that makes sense yeah so had you seen Down Under and Canada Yes, I had. So I watched, I did watch season one and I watched a little bit of season two of Down Under. Um, and I did watch Canada. Um, really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed Canada in particular. Um, mm. I think Canada was definitely, uh, after UK, I think Canada is probably my, would be my next favourite season or franchise or whatever um, from 
the the empire of rupaul um, <laughs> the ever spouting i always think of it like you know that that mythological creature hydra where you chop off one head to four yeah, yeah that's what that's exactly is. except it's like it's like brooklyn and then michelle comes up from the other side as well yeah how would you mm-hmm. feel like i'm trying to put you in the place of silky or Raja, someone that they kind of came up with that are really good friends with and then having them critique them in the form of brooke like how would you manage that look right and this is where I really struggle with drag race right so I originally didn't like the idea that there would be anyone that's hosted and that's not RuPaul while RuPaul was still alive and working yeah right and I still kind <laughs> of still alive well not just not retired alive <laughs> allegedly alive um but yeah like they, they kind of just cart around and do seasons upon seasons upon seasons so like you know I it, it ultimately like it's RuPaul's drag race to me because that's the that's the um show I fell a bit in love with I suppose um as a working drag queen to to think of being say judged by my peers it's kind of just like I don't know like drag's not real do you know what I mean and this is like a this is like a, a reality show that's not reality do you know what I mean so um I think when you're going into a competition like that like I don't think any of the queens are naive enough to think that um, you know, you're not going to have to just make it up as you go along and you're not going to just have to, you know, um, ride the wave and play the game, you know. So I think they knew going in that, look, you're going to be um, like, for example, Brooklyn is going to be judging you in a certain way or she's going to view you in a certain way. She's going to talk to you in a certain way. And, you know, you kind of just have to accept that that's going to be the case. So ultimately when you're signing up for something like that you kind of know what you're getting in for you know you know you're not going to see RuPaul it's not going to be RuPaul's Drag Race um so as a working drag queen I don't think I'd mind if I sign up for that I kind of know what I'm getting in for um and typically speaking if it's going to be um you know a a queen of a certain stature that's uh on the judging panel they're there for a reason. Do you know what I mean? They have a standard themselves. They've gotten themselves there. So I think that's fair. Like if there was a Drag Race Ireland, for me, it would have to be Panty who hosts it and not Blue Hydrangea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I think I think the kind of, of like the important thing, the way I see it, especially with all those different seasons coming up, and I actually didn't even realise or I didn't know that it was Rita Bagatoon, uh, Drag Race Belgium or whatever. There's literally so many of them to keep up, keep up with. Um, but I do think it should be a prominent queen from that place, you know, so like Panty makes the most sense in Ireland if that's going to be the case, you know, even if she would do it, even if she would consider doing it, um, she's the, the like, she's earned that, you I mean, know what I mean? She's doing Dancing Panty. with the Stars, I'm sure she'll do Drag Race Ireland if she's offered it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that RTE budget's going to stretch, you know, so why not? <laughs> So let's get into this season. It's episode three. We just have to say goodbye to Stephanie Prince. Uh, Isis kind of came out and said, look, I'm a, I was playing a fair game here. She had the worst track record. And I sent her home, even though she is my sister. And it turns out Raja would have done the same. I think we'll see an interesting difference again. And we see this on, we used to see this on Celebrity Big Brother when it was the Brits versus the the Americans you know just how competitive they are and I really feel the Canadians are similar to the Brits in that way which is like oh no I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather do it the yeah, right I'd way than mm-hmm. piss off a friend you know that sort of way yeah and like I get it um because I think 
instinctively when you're in there there's always going to be that kind of um nervous energy of like you know maybe feeling like you're not going to be the best in the room so if you just stick with people you know stick with your kind um you know you kind of have that like false sense of security almost um but I do think Isis made the right decision to send uh home last week I definitely think she was the right one to go um and and that's not even a bad thing do you know what I mean I think it shows Isis is she's not necessarily playing the game, but even if she is playing the game, the game she's playing is fair game, you know. So she's basically she's unintentionally kind of putting herself in the same place as Brooklyn was, where she's judging her peers. She's earned the right to do that. She's also won a season, so like she has that experience behind her. Um, so I think I do think that's fair, and I think she made the right call. I really, really like Anita. I actually think, you know, she's so good at what she does in her mm-hmm. lane of what she does, but that doesn't necessarily fit the aesthetic of Drag Race or the, the format, you know, the mould, the Drag Race mould that they try and create, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. As she was leaving this episode, I know I've jumped right to the end, but I was thinking, you know, I really like her, even though she's done pretty rubbish every week. And I kind of just chalked it down to the charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent that she has is not something that is e- easily measured in this show in terms of competitiveness. No. It's a charm. It's a charisma that just fills a room that you can't capture. Yeah. And especially when it comes to that, like, you know, you're given a challenge, so you're given something very specific to do. Um, and like, I don't necessarily, I don't think I'd do well on Drag Race. I don't think I, I would never... I have never thought about applying for Drag Race. I don't think it would be something I would do. I don't think it's something I'd be good at. Um, that doesn't make me any any less or any worse of a drag queen. Do you know what I mean? Um, but like when it's when it's these kind of like all-star type seasons or getting them all together and you know redeeming themselves, I think the first challenge should always be show us what you do best. Show us your one thing that you do best. Now, I get there's limitations on that because music, you know, licenses, all this kind of stuff. Um, but I do think that's that's where we saw some of the best things, especially from previous All-Star style seasons. Yeah, like that talent show. You know. Yeah. Just let you jump into this now because I think a good comparison point to that, I'm finding it difficult to connect with this queen as they did in her original season, is Vanity. Now, I think I'm connecting okay. with her a slightly bit more than I was in season three. But like that, I think Vanity is almost kind of the, the the reverse of Anita in that on the stage, she's very visually appealing, good runways, a brilliant lip sync in that first week, you know. Mm-hmm. But out of drag and sort of kikiing in the workroom, I don't I don't connect to it. I, I still don't know what it is. There was a point in the episode towards the end of it where Anita was like, just based on the judges' critiques, I actually thought you were going to be in the bottom vanity just based on kind of where they were going with yeah. it. So I was a bit surprised it was me. And Vanity kind of took umbrage with that. I was like, what do you mean? Look, my looks better than yours. And just not very gracious. Like, you're safe. You're not up for elimination. Anita was just kind of trying to gauge. Not, Anita wasn't even saying that I think I look better than you. She was just saying, mm-hmm. I think it sounded like the judges were saying they thought I was better than you. I was obviously wrong. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think there was a huge kind of maybe I don't know whether whether you'd say miscommunication, but look, we do have there is an, an an editing style that Drag Race has as well, which sometimes can kind of snip conversations a little bit. One thing I think as well with Drag Race, right, 
well, being a drag queen, when you're doing your show, whether it's 90 minutes, whether it's a two hour show, whatever it is, like you have to be on 100% all of the time, right? Anytime someone's looking at you, you have to be on all the time. And in drag race, you actually have to be on all of the time in and out of drag. So it's exhausting, I'm sure, for the for girls. Do you know what I mean? So like for them, for the queens in the workroom, all that. So when they kind of, you know, when you get that minute to sit down, like in a normal setting, when you come off stage and you go back and you get your cocktail and you're sitting down on the sofa for what will be essentially untucked, that is very much meant to be like, you know, okay, I just need to, I just need a minute. Usually it's the opposite that happens. So I think that's where you get all that kind of friction from the queens because, you know, they're kind of instinctively going, okay, I have a minute to breathe before we go back out for the the um, the critiques or whatever it is on the runway. And then, um, you know, infighting starts and these kind of snide comments because everyone's feeling that level of pressure. Yeah, yeah. So that must, must be it. And, and maybe she's not as good and like again we see it as well we, we see some queens who are brilliant drag queens they just don't know how to work the tv show and i think maybe that's yeah. maybe what vanity's struggling is that she's like i'm doing drag and now i'm just being me whereas she's not thinking yeah. about how am i being perceived maybe i need to be creating a catchphrase or something like that at every that's given moment that's so that's so true because some of the more um drag race successful queens are the ones that have the snappy one-liners they have the you know you just have to see some of the seasons where some queens put just as much effort into their looks out of drag. You know, when they come in in the morning, they're in full makeup. They've got a new outfit every day, all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's a whole production for them. They're playing the TV show. Their game starts from the second they get up in the morning until they leave and the camera stops rolling, you know. Um, whereas that isn't necessarily natural and it doesn't come natural. I don't believe it comes natural to a lot of drag queens because you know, you do your show and then you kind of have that anonymity at the end. You're kind of, you're done, you know, you take the wig off and that's it. I fundamentally believe Priyanka won the first season in the Talking Heads. Like, she she brought what she yeah. brought. She did pretty good. She kind of failed yeah. at some of the challenges. But she, like, as a TV presenter, she worked her la- ass off of the Talking Heads and won us all over. And that's how she won the crown. And Raja is, I think, is doing a hard sell on the talking heads. And it's working. I spent all of last, or whatever the first episode was going around being like, not today, not tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and she does. And that's the thing. But like, there's so many things that like, you know, you'll just take from it. And like that then, because you're quoting those straight week, you instantly like them a little bit more. So when they do a little bit worse than a challenge, you forgive them very easy, you know? Um, But funny enough on that, I think in, in Canada versus the world, um, Victoria's Gone is particularly just overselling this whole I'm in a TV show. It's like there's no there's no real person there. It's like constant catchphrases, constant one-liners. And it's, it's very jarring, I find, at times. Silky. And I... There was this moment where Isis goes over to Silky and goes, who do you think is going to do well? Who do you think isn't going to yeah. do well? And then this part where Silky... I imagine is just asked to walk around to every station and kind of give a critique. And I feel that that was the producers going, Silky can be a bit of a bitch. She, you know, doesn't hold back. Let's get her to stir up some drama in the workroom and get her to be bitching with Isis about who's going to do well and get her to go around, read the girls for what they're doing. And I think Silky at this point is smart enough to know what they're doing. and was like, right, I'll play your game, but I'm just going to be nice. And she went around and like she kind of gave a bit of a jive, but she was like, well, best, you know, she did it. She got the airtime, but she, I don't think she came across as a villain. And I think that was really clever from Silky. 
and I think she kind of used what could have been her downfall as a as a as a bonus in this episode. Completely, and I, I actually I genuinely don't believe producers asked her to do anything. I am telling you now, she is the main character in the Silky Show at all times. She knows exactly what she needs to do. She knows where to just just like kind of pull a few strings and push a few buttons to hopefully get a reaction because she's been through the wheel before she's done it she had that whole you know on her season the whole i was ready ripping off the the reveal lip sync this whole thing like she knows how to create good telly and she has made good telly so people have been telling her you know at that moment that was hilarious you know i love when you do this for a couple of years so she has that advantage that say victoria may maybe doesn't have Mm. you know yeah true Let's get into the challenge, shall we? It was the weather ball. The first look, it was air body lace, which I didn't really know until we got to the runway was supposed to be a lingerie look. Uh, it wasn't really clear from what they say to us. Uh, Arctic Fox City was the second look and then Caught in the Rain was the third. We'll just go through queen by queen and the three looks, I think, is probably the easiest way of doing it. So first up was yeah. Vanity Milan. Her first look was that sort of electric blue Victoria's Secret lingerie look. The second look was the silver catsuit with the white sort of Arctic fox fur. And then the third one was that iridescent blue bodysuit with the Billy Porter hat almost with with the the fringe. Uh, Which was your favourite? So I, for me, so when I ranked these, right, as I was taking notes, as, as I was watching the episode, I took notes of each queen and then I had my winner of each kind of challenge right so who I was kind of delegating points to as it were and I did the point system as well it was very Eurovision (laughs) (laughs) but it's the easiest way because I find right I'll instantly like something or I'll instantly dislike something and then if I rewind it and watch it back again I'll either soften or I'll like it more you know there's kind of different different ways of that so for me um I I think her first look was was definitely one of her most or her biggest like redemption looks. Like if if we're now pulling up a picture of Vanity Milan, I hope we're pulling that first picture mm. of that blue. It even made it into like, the trailer. I'm pretty sure I remembered that air blowing and the yeah, blue. Very, blue. very like actually that is true because I remember from the trailer, I remember thinking there's going to be a Victoria's Secrets challenge, you know, that kind of like give us, you know, with the wings and the, the runway presentation. And it was effortless. It was gorgeous. Like she looked so, so good. And for me, that was actually my winner of that category for the first one. She was my winner because I was like, it was just, I partly think the look and then partly just the presentation of it, the delivery of it was everything. Yeah, it, it was really good. And and she walks at first and she was like, God, where are you getting the wind from? And then somebody else, I can't even remember who it was, then uses the wind later on. And you're like, oh, the wind was there the whole time. Just nobody else the used it as well as she did. I know, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. She like, what, she didn't even walk, like she, she walked into the wind. Do you know what I mean? Like she went, she was like, this is what's happening. I may fly off the end of the runway, but it doesn't matter. I look great doing it. You know, she walked so confidently doing it. It was, it was great. Yeah, definitely. I liked her second look, the Archie Fox lady. Like I thought it was it was cute. You know, the, the bodysuit looked good and I liked like I thought her coat her her and Anita had very similar looks for this second challenge and I thought her I preferred yeah. hers. Um So what the notes that I have for Vanity in this the the second category, so for Arctic Fox Lady, I wrote, If I seen that in a club, I'd roar obscenities at her. But it's very similar to her last look, which I still loved. And it actually was. It was very like you could kind of see like okay she has a pattern for something she knows what but as well she knows what works on her she knows what looks good 
So she kind of went to the, the designer and said, give me a couple of those, please. You know, I need one in blue, I need one in white, I need one in red, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but very nice. I really like that too. Yeah, second. it was but nice. She was, she was my winner for the, the second category too. She she was your overall winner? For the for the first and second category so far, she was my winner, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. We yeah. didn't agree. And then uh, how did you find the last the Caught in the Rain look? It was not great. It like it was nice. It was like if you seen it um in a club with nice light and you'd go, Do you know what? That's nice. That's a that's a cute little thing. But realistically on the runway on par with everyone else, it wasn't on par, you know. It was um and I think actually Brooklyn called it out. She was like, You didn't sew the 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 seam on the bottom, is that correct? She was like, Yeah. Um, you know, so like there is there's those kind of things where you can kind of see it was like not as much effort say put into it you know it's unfair to not give context to the queen's skills at sewing in this and i think based on uh season three of uk this is definitely a big step up in like sewing skills but like there's no way she's going to catch up at raja or isis no that is true and but also as well i think partly it's not even your skill in sewing it is also your taste as well so like what your your fashion sense and style and what you think looks good but not only like what looks good for you but what it what is kind of something you'd like to present if you were the designer do you know what I mean I don't think I don't think that's what she would have liked to present if she was the designer if she could have just sketched out um absolutely anything I don't think that's what she would have created if it was if she was paying for someone to to make it you know yeah and I think this challenge always comes down to is it a sewing challenge or is it a design challenge like look at season 13 and Utica standing there in this you know fabulous sleeping bag that she is sewn together in such difficult but got mick wins because they have a better design so yeah it's hard yeah. to it's it's always it hard it to did. know isis was up next her first look was and i spent ages oh my b-reel went off i spent ages trying to um find what color this is and then i ultimately went for wine <laughs> i think it was a bit of a basic yeah, decision it kind of was it was do you know what it was it was more so like it was white but somebody spilled wine on it and then they had to just dye the whole thing in wine because it was kind of that weird kind of crossover i wrote sultry so it was very nice it was very pleasant to watch but it was okay you know like i think again if you've seen if you've seen her at a brunch or you've seen her at a, at a club in it it'd be it'd be great but like it was fine for the runway. Oh, I really liked it. Like, I thought it was really, like, yeah, if you saw it in a club, it would probably feel a bit off. But, like, in terms of, like, this sexy lingerie shoot that I felt she was kind of going for, I just really enjoyed how everything, all the colours matched really well and even how, like, the, the how it was detailed in the hair. I thought she did a really great job with it. Her second mm-hmm. look then gave me Gaga as a Yeti. I think that's like the most succinct way of describing it. Uh, it actually very, very on point. Yeah. Because it looked very like, it looked like it was kind of a mixture of um, the Bloody Mary um, presentation. Presentation, as if as if Gaga was out here doing a presentation for the Born This Way Ball. <laughs> With her laser pointer um, and her really, PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> it was very like Bloody Mary at the Born This Way Ball. But you know what it really reminded me of as well? Was um you know the in the Lizzie McGuire movie where like yes. the RuPaul song is that the, the igloo dress yeah <laughs> but the one thing I did say on this right the the lighting for um for this season right for Canada versus the world is terrible like it's really really bad 
And I think it was really hard to see it because it was so bright and clean. It actually kind of all blended into one. So it was only kind of when she went to the side or kind of into a bit of a shadow, which there was plenty of shadows, but that kind of way where you kind of saw details on it. And I think when, when she posts the queen picture of that, when she posts like her photo shoot look of that, it's going to look so much nicer than it did in the runway. And I think they knew that at the time because they spent a lot of time focusing only on her face. We didn't get a lot okay. of the, the whole body and normally we kind of get like head to toe and like a bit of that but it like didn't pick up with the light very well so i think it didn't film very well i still loved it though because I, I immediately knew what it was which came out and it was it was a high fashion yeti and i was like grab that works it was for it was it was nice yeah yeah i think she was my winner for the second category overall and then her third her third look caught in the rain i feel in her walkthrough with brad it felt like she was overselling the caught element of it and maybe it's because i know she did a really great bondage look in her in her original season that i thought this was going to be more bondagey um Mm -hmm. but overall like i can't say it was aesthetically that nice because i don't think it was supposed to be but it was great in terms of its concept of like having amassed all this detrius behind her that's the thing and right so that's where i was kind of coming from so when when they announced the categories at the start of the episode I took them down because I obviously wanted to keep track of them. But when I when it was like caught in the rain couture using unconventional materials, like I think that's a great category and it's actually an easy enough category to get, right? Because you're, it's not like the other ones where it's kind of very linear. You can create a story so you can present something as a story and that will get you extra points because you're telling a story through what you're wearing, right? And that for me was why I chose Isis to, as my winner for this category, because I think it, it looked lovely. The, the makeup was lovely. The concept was lovely, but it was also even in that presentation. It was just presented so well. The walk told the story. It was it was like, um, yeah, it was just my my clear winner from that category. And she's really going. I don't even know the terminology to use, but her makeup choices this season have been I feel like a really distinct way like it it, it doesn't feel traditional makeup at all like by doing really ornate details all around the perimeter of the face and around like the orifices awful awful there you go (laughs) but you know what I think that is and I think that's purely because she's done this television show before so she knows like you can't not that you can't do that in your regular say tour and settings and that kind of stuff you absolutely can it's a lot more work to do um, but it may not always be as visually appealing when you're on stage and you're kind of moving all the time because you don't get that kind of uh, frame in the same way. Whereas she knows for a television show, she's walking directly into the camera. The camera will get her slightly from the side, but realistically, she's getting that kind of frame on her the whole time. So I think she's using that to her advantage. And I think in specifically with this look, it was so ornate. It was lovely. Yeah, definitely. And like that, like you could do that in a club, but three rows back you won't be able to see the detail you know and is it worth the Absolutely. payoff i suppose yeah yeah victoria scon brought us a victor scon butch king realness in the style of fabio who is a drag king i uh was yeah. unfamiliar with um yeah. what's their surname um the drag just, king's surname yeah i think fabio. it's just fabio, fabio yeah. i think it is. I, it's like I share went... it's just a name yeah <laughs> like all the best uh yeah no, i went to look, look up pictures and i wasn't sure if it was him or not because i couldn't get a surname um mm-hmm. look this this was you know groundbreaking i really enjoyed it um probably not the best striking i've ever seen ever 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 but that's a really really high bar to hold and like 
I just think it's it, I'm very grateful that she finally brought it onto the season now of 30 iterations of this franchise in <laughs> yeah and look I what I wrote for it was it's hot like it was it was really good um I, I kind of at first I was like not 100% sure um where they were going to go with it because when they came out obviously the, the, the back to us and all that kind of stuff um but then when they turned around I was like ah, okay I see where this is going the only problem I had with it is you know it wasn't as polished as Victoria would be polished right so there was like you could see the top of the the kind of uh, breast piece you could see the lace on the wig it was kind of like I get where you're going for it but it's not as I don't think it was the the level that Victoria would present as Victoria you know um but I do think it was it was very very good and I do think the fact that they done something different was exactly why they got the extra the the extra points at the end of the um in the in the critiques yeah and i think you know in terms of again this gets points in the tv show world because this is a first for the format even though it's really not a first for drag in the club and in any regard so um yeah and again like like the conversation about the word fishy last week it's like this is a look this is how much we are missing out by excluding you know female performers from this competition you know yeah it's true and like it's taken how long now for uh, like what I don't know what number of season this is, but it's taken this many years for something that we hear so much in the early in the early seasons, right? And it's it was normalized so much, and it, that educational piece is exactly where drag race should be now. You know, like I don't, I'm I'm a firm believer that drag, my my preference with drag is that drag is is entertaining it's informative it's a little bit shocking at times and it kind of pushes the boundaries it's always kind of commenting on things that are happening um like in society but um the responsibility now on drag race is to kind of um iron out the kind of uh, the creases of you know some of the the lingo that we would have and, and all that kind of stuff but I'm also very then conservative when it comes to it because I, I want to kind of protect where some of that does come from, you know. But I do think that the fishy thing was perfectly valid though. Yeah, because I was putting up my Christmas tree last night and I stuck on um, All Star 6, just the first episode to have on the background. And it was interesting. The first thing Kylie Sonique Love says in her talking head is that somebody ordered fish. And I just was like, really interesting. I can't remember if I had learned about fishiness at that point or maybe I just didn't even clock it. But I was like, interesting that it's coming from a woman in that scenario. So it's just interesting, you know, how how deep it was in the in the culture. It actually, and again, this is kind of tangential, but I was listening to, uh, to I won't name it at the moment, a podcast I love, and it was uh, hosted by a gay white man. And he was talking about how Renaissance by Beyonce, you know, was like her giving something to the gays and blah, blah, blah. And I just felt kind of uncomfortable that we need to not forget that a lot of this came from blackness, queer blackness specifically, and to not take ownership and get, you know, not to feel like it's uh, it's originally our culture as white people, that we are also borrowing no. it from a community that's more ostracized than us too. Absolutely. And like that, that's where the roots of that is. Do you know what I mean? That's where it comes from. Like the ballroom scene, like it, it was a very different, um, like the ballroom scene, it, like drag race is not a reflection of the ballroom scene. You know, even though we do uh, like Drag Race, the format of Drag Race is basically founded in uh, phraseology from Harris's Burning. It's not the same. That doesn't mean we can't celebrate it and can't platform it and can't um, evolve it into something new. 
but you have to always be able to pay respects to where it came from. But I think, how do you pay respects from where it came from if you don't know where it came from in the first place and you're just seeing something and plucking from a TV show, you know? Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get on to Victoria's Arctic Foxy Lady Look. This was uh, uh, inspired by global warming and this probably comes into where she was taking her notes. It was global warming versus fast fashion in her big puppet jacket and her big uh, icicle uh, wig. Love that she broke the glass as she screamed and then a little tidbit in the voiceover that everything she had, she was wearing she'd worn before in a previous look, which that was a nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. I do think so. And I think the... The story in there is really good. I don't think the execution was amazing. Um, I think, you know, it had to be explained, right? So you should be able to see it and it not need to be explained too much, right? Um, the, the wearing something before, as far as drag race standards, in my opinion, you'd want you'd want that. If, you, if you're saying that you wore something before, you'd want it to be well known that you wore it before, right? In order for it to be impactful in that way, I think. Um, it was presented really well and it was actually really nice but it was just a little bit flat I didn't it didn't sell me enough and I was kind of expecting when when I was hearing the the um the like the piece that she was explaining over the 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 presentation I was expecting you know a bit of a reveal maybe a little bit of something like a little bit of a shock you know I think the shock as far as Victoria was concerned was the break in the glass you know and I don't I don't know if that was done at the right time it just something was off for me yeah, I take your point on the fast fashion part, all right? And I think, unfortunately, she's hamstrung that she only got to show two of her looks in her first season. That she couldn't really throw back yeah. to it unless she was wearing that that uh, breakfast tea look that she wore in the first episode. Um, <laughs> but I do actually think, like, even if you think of, like, a caricature parody cartoon of global warming, an ice, uh, you know, a glacier and a puffer jacket is like the icicles are, are heating up there in a jacket. That, to me, that visual hit for me, and I would have got that without the voiceover um so yeah Yeah. it it did work for me the english rose however and i felt like keen this is such a pedantic point but i couldn't drop it i wanted more red like it just it was a bodysuit with some thorns in it really wasn't it i and i liked the wig with the rose but it was too small for the wig was lovely but do you know what it was i think the 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 from the very top on the top of the wig to the to the chin lovely and then you kind of started going um okay you know like the 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 bodysuit was just green velvet like sorry but it was just green velvet um that was fine as a base but if there was extra textures even like the way isis used rope like small textures if she'd done vine with you know um like even a different fabric or something like thorns extra little bits it was very costume for me it was very um you know they're selling an english rose costume in halloween hq and that's what you're gonna go and get do you know what i mean it was very that um so yeah it was a little bit too flat and the one thing was um this is what what i was saying about my theory about victoria right so i feel like no matter what the theme was going to be she would have done the english rose and tried to just make it work but she had the way she had it all there and i think she always knew okay when when the time comes i'm gonna (laughs) without no pun intended smash the glass um in case of emergency and i'm gonna do english rose was it really caught in the rain no it wasn't caught in the rain you know, because there Good was point. no kind what was of, the theme? What roses grow? It, yeah, hundred percent. It was meant to be caught in the rain couture. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if there was a gag where like the the rosebud opened up, you know, which maybe isn't suitable for television, but who knows? Um, <laughs> you know, if there was something else to it, you'd kind of say. If fine, she turned around and she had hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, then then she would have won for me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raja was up next. Uh, I'll just run through her looks so we can discuss them. So the first one, I don't. Well, red lingerie with a black and white coat. It gave Cruella. It gave Santa. It gave Storm. The second look was the foxy lady look with um. It was like really high boots and it was a corset with the white trim of fur around the perimeter. And then the last look I think was actually my favorite from her, which was like a leather rain jacket look with the purple slick backed hair. She said Matrix in the hood. Which was your favorite? Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite was probably. Probably the second one. And again, I've seen a theme of where I'm kind of coming from with this. I liked the presentation of the second one. I liked the, like, when she walked the runway, she she came for money. Do you know what I mean? She was rich. You won't tell her she's not rich. She was the definition of rich. It was just like, yeah, I don't need anything else. You know, it's fine. It's all very that. Um, the first the first look that she done was very, like, Cruella Deville as RuPaul for Mac Viva Glam, like it was very like inspired by. It wasn't very original, I don't think. Um, it really gave. It, oh, here's me using. It's giving. It really felt like two <laughs> individual outfits put together. Like she had the yeah. coat and she had yeah. the lingerie and she put them together. Yeah. And I it wasn't very cool. Well. Yeah. It, it it wasn't it wasn't even in the nicest red. Do you know what I mean? It it just wasn't great. Um, the third look was. <laughs> It's giving bedspread. Like it was very that, but it was done really well and it was presented really well. I think we were also, and I Rita suffered from this, I think we were also uh, led down a garden path of how great the sketch looked. And she had huge big shoulders in the sketch. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like eleganza. And what she gave us was very nice, but I was expecting more parka in it. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think like I said about the lighting as well, right? We're so accustomed to good lighting on Drag Race US, right? And even Drag Race UK for the most part. Um, that does half the work because it is a television show. So that's going to pick up details. Um, sometimes good details and sometimes not so good details. Um, but there is that kind of element to it where you're like, you know, is it fair to them? Do they all have a fair chance? Because I think Raj's would have looked a bit nicer if the lighting was a bit better. Rita Baga was up next. Her lingerie look was very sort of French, chic, pink and black conical look. Her rich foxy, uh, Arctic foxy lady was this rich, almost like Inuit lady. I, I kind of was getting the vibes of who was heading into the shop on her little snowboards. And then her final look was this sort of gold loofah thing that I didn't like. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think think it is... So I think Rita is the, is the definition of a queen that doesn't fit the mold of drag race, but is kind of doing it well, right? So they, like they're they're an old queen, they're seasoned at what they do. They're probably, you know, in their scene, they are, you know, the top of the top. But it, it, it you're put then on a different par when it comes to, to drag race because everyone's kind of put to the same level, but then... You know, some will be better at the television side, some will be better at the fashion side, some will be better at the comedy, you know, that kind of stuff. I think she tries very hard. First look, I think, was a little bit thrown together. It was a little bit like, uh, you know, I need something, right? Now, don't forget, categories one and two were designers making these. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they yeah, need yeah. advance what needed for that. So, like, 
there's less excuse for one and two to not be that good. One, I think, was a little bit thrown together. It wasn't very good for me. And she should have um, cinched. I know Brooke said that to her as well. It was very straight yeah, up and down. Her proportions are very, very off for me and Drag Race standards. Do you know what I mean? Like, for the, for the, the what we come to expect from Drag Race, which is that kind of, um, you know, hourglass or like, not even, it doesn't even have to be hourglass, but like kind of, uh, you know, um, pleasing shape you know um, i think in lingerie it kind of has to be hourglass like i totally get that people go for a more androgyny aesthetic but i feel in the lingerie that she specifically was wearing i think you needed a curve yeah no and i I, if that was me presenting that i would definitely want that i would want like a very vicious curve do you know what i mean um whereas i don't think we were getting that from from rita at all you know um the second one was 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 too boring for me (laughs) <laughs> um, it was just a go like it was just like come on what are you gonna do like I really expected her to have a gag because she is that kind of queen she's really funny um there was there was no gag it was that was it do you know what I mean very flat uh also I just double checked there and Isis Couture is three months older than ba- Rita Baga no way yeah Isis is Isis, Isis not like 19 Isis is 35 as is Rita Baga your face, your face. <laughs> no, I fully, I fully the thought despair. I was older. It's like she looks so young. She's great for a place. Yeah, she does look good. Yeah, I think she's a really youthful spirit. Whereas Rita's is a, is a more yeah, it's all in the spirit. It's all in the spirit. There's no filler, nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> Silky was up next. Um. Her laundry look was ye- yellow with a you know a cape. She gave us a snow queen look for the Arctic Foxy Lady look, and then her final look was made from sort of leopard print vinyl uh, with a yellow trim. And she had with her one of my least favorite words, a brolly. Yeah. Now, right. What I will say is, I have the softest spot for Silky. Silky can do the bare minimum, and I will eat it up like oh my god she could do the bare minimum and I would think she's the best right there's something about Silky it's I think it's the smile she's just she just it's a cheeky smile every single time it's like that that first look was lovely that color was lovely I loved it gorgeous right but they were so kind to her in that right they when they were doing the up close they blurred her lace to perfection because when I was taking notes first I said, oh my God, the hair is unbelievable. Like you couldn't clock the lace. It was unreal. And this oh, is what the lace actually looks like. photographic evidence. Okay, so it switched. Yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. switched to the side and that's what it looked like. So like, you know, I can see why they've done it because of Do you want to try to describe it for people who can't see the photo? You can see the, you can see the, the lace front, it, I guess. It's like crunchy. It's I will, I'll send you this if you want to put it on the Instagram. It's crunchy. Yeah, it's not near where it needs to be. I don't believe it's laid down correctly. I don't believe it's laid down. Um, it's definitely been worn to death before. Um, it's grim. That's what it is. It's grim. It's really grim. Like when when you see the picture, you'll know what I mean. But and this is in the episode. They just turned camera view, and that was there. And I gasped. Like I and I gasped for the wrong reason. But. <laughs> First time I've noticed that they actually edited a queen to look better on the runway um, in a drag race season. Normally it's very, especially on the 
um the the sidecar seasons you know canada versus the world uh that they they kind of tend to be very rough with the, edits. the shade of calling <laughs> calling them the sidecar they are the side they're, i'm sorry they're not rupaul they are the sidecar seasons they're never going to be rupaul's drag race yeah. rupaul's drag race sidecar versus the world <laughs> I can't believe I started off this saying, you know, they're all equally valid. And yeah. here I am saying it's my car. I didn't drop the wig. But what, what I was what was going through my head when she walked that runway in the lingerie was, it must be incredibly daunting as a plus-sized queen to be given a lingerie category. You know, when, when beauty modeling and all that sort of stuff, it, hyper-focusized, you know, thin women and, you know, yeah, there's a, yeah. Pu- a, a push for plus uh, for plus sizeness now, especially with lingerie. But uh, and I thought she know? looked so sexy in the lingerie, and I was like, oh, you know, good. because she you know, gets wow. it. She understands. She understands her proportions, right? And I think with with Silky as well. This is, I think, part of the charm. Silky presents Silky all of the time. There's never a, she never tries to change that about herself, right? And that kind of confidence that she has is so charming, and like. I like don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not a skinny queen right and I've been doing drag seven years and only very recently have I kind of felt kind of comfortable enough to kind of go and get you know things that may show off my back or show off my shoulders and show my arms you know what I mean and that's been me seven years in so there's no way I'd be going on a television show in front of millions of people that watch this and presenting similar so like absolute props to her because she unashamedly unapologetically always presents 100% pure silk with the good milk. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. 100%. Now, I didn't feel it was 100% pure silk with the good milk on the second look. I thought the Snow Queen... Although, like... Again, I think this comes down to us operating on different levels. Like, I think in this world, it was one of the better ones. I think, at an American standard, I thought it was pretty costumey. Yeah, no, and I will say that. And look, I, I think as, as amazing as Silky is, genuinely, like, obsessed. But the the drag race standard is not always the same. Like, she got the fans on the side from that, those, doing those, like, eight lip syncs in a row in um, whatever RuPaul's season that was. Um, what I put down for this was gag, gag, gag. Like, when she can, I, like, that first look she done that first week with the big ball gown. Mm, yeah definition yeah. of it wasn't shot correctly because that was unreal when silky does something with like a real big like whether it's a coat or a shawl and it's like something like i will eat it up like it's oh i'm obsessed do you know what i mean i thought she looked so so good the presentation of it was kind of that you know pageant yes i'm i'm silky nutmeg ganache you know the reverend silky nutmeg ganache was very that um, so I did like it. I do say, though, um, in my notes, the dress got a li- gets a little bit underwhelming the longer you're looking at it. So, like, of course you go, <gasps> and then you go, oh, okay, yeah, fine, you know? And again, good for TV, because you're seeing it for 30 seconds, bad in the club when Completely. you're there for half an hour. Completely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually really enjoy, like, if, if you ate in the main, in, in look two, and I was only nibbling, I was eating by the, by the third course, because I really liked this leopard print. I thought, you know, Again, was more props for sewing than it was for design, but I actually thought it was, it was one pretty. of the better ones. It was so so pretty, wasn't it? Like the proportions were good, the detail was really good. The way she she kind of put the fabric under, um, 
if the, the power mesh on the top on the chest was finished correctly and maybe like a small necklace or like something to just kind of hide the the seam of it that probably would have been my winner for that that um thing like she made boot covers she made like she hot glued little I don't know like little raincoat holders on her legs like whatever that is like it was very good very very good I was very impressed um but yeah the the, the power mesh was a bit much for me Anita then finally and I love Anita and we've been over this but her looks were my least favourite in every category unfortunately I didn't like yeah. the blue lingerie with the boob reveal I didn't feel like it fit her very well the silver gown I thought was nice with the big muff over yeah. her shoulder it was just my least favourite of the all seven that I liked and then the asymmetrical pink bodysuit like I don't know much about fashion all I know about fashion is what I've learned from Drag Race but if you're doing mm-hmm. an asymmetrical arm and leg you need to make them the opposite arm and leg surely surely yeah yeah no don't call me Shirley. um <laughs> what i would say on anita is so like she's a camp queen right she's a really camp queen so she'll come out and host um you know host a quiz host a like a bingo whatever she does um in new zealand and it'll be great. It'll be fab because she's entertaining you all the time. So it's not about what she's wearing, right? She doesn't get a chance to entertain you unless it's with what she's wearing on Drag Race, especially when it comes to a runway. You have to be able to have that, you know, uh, storytelling and without it being over the top and without it being too sticky and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Her first look, the hair was too flat. It was, it was like out of the bag. I get though, traveling with those wigs you know traveling with styled wigs is not easy and she had a long distance to go um but it was it was a bit like grim let's be real second look I do think that was her best look all season I think that like even I had put the note about the wig from the first one and then she came out in that wig and I was like oh no hang on that was lovely like that's really nice it's proportioned she looked well um she presented with confidence and I think that was the one the look she was the most comfortable in as well because I think that one was a bit signature Anita. Um, the third look, it started off where she looked really gorgeous. And then you kind of go, oh, it's a bit homemade, isn't it? Like it's a bit, oh, you know. Um, and like you said, the, the asymmetry and the like lack of glam and the lack of like, I don't know, commitment to it. It was a bit, nah, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, though we love Anita, were you gagged when... Araja and Isis were told they were safe. Um, no. Okay. No, Explain. because I like I was kind of expecting that to be the case. To be honest, I kind of thought um they were definitely not bottom uh, material for me. They were um perfectly safe, perfectly good at what they do. But you have to as well remember they set their own standards. So if they come out to a particular standard every week, that's not going to be something that you win with unless everyone else is particularly bad. So they've set the bar for themselves. They have to go above and beyond that every time in order to be that top, be that winner. Because the competition will level out a little bit where you have the likes of, like that with Silky, and you're like, you know what? Her first look was really good. Then she made that look and it was really good. And the dress, you know, for for what we've seen of it was lovely. And she got really, really good critiques on it, which also is partly, I think, again, harping back to how uh, how it's been filmed, sometimes the outfits look very um one note and kind of almost 2d when we see them on telly when the lighting's not good you don't get those details right um 
in like the the outfit so in the room I'd say Silky's second look that's that kind of dress I'd say that sparkled I'd say it looked so clean I'd say it looked so polished so put together but that didn't pick up on screen so it's a bit of that and then the effort that she went to then in making that outfit I'd say that looked as good in person do you know what I mean so there was that kind of thing so I can see why she was justified in the win I think Victoria won with Victor simply because it was the first time Drag Kingdom has been presented on Drag Race. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, well, but but especially by a woman as well. I mean, we got we get by a woman, yeah, no, for my money cart and stuff. But yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, it was it was the impact of it and justified. Don't get me wrong, absolutely justified. Um, because I think it would have been a bigger deal if uh, Victoria didn't win because it would have been like, oh, here we go again. We're silencing this. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I do think there was an element of that in there. Um, plus, I do think it's good that we get different winners each each time rather than it just been, here we go. Isis is going to win again. Here we go. It's Raja. Here we go. Do you know? I guess um, Isis and Raja were the top two last week. So yeah, that, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Point, yeah. And like, unless you're to be like Jinx and All-Stars where it's just topping it all the time. Ben de la Creme. You know, that kind of level of always you just undisputedly win. Um, so no, I wasn't gagged that they, they were just safe. I, I was like perfectly content with it, to be honest. Um, and I was delighted that the top two then were Victoria and Silky because the lip sync, you know? Yeah, well, well, when it happened, I was sitting there with my mug of tea from my tea advent calendar. And I said, I'm sorry, what? Are you kidding me? Because I'm so used to this being judged like the US, which is like, 60% of the mark goes for the final look that you made yourself and the other 40 is kind of to split the difference. But this felt like it was really, it was basically all all looks are marked equally and they're weighted the same because Isis and Raja for me at the best final looks. Uh, I really, I think Silky then would have been third for me and then <clears throat> Victoria maybe fourth or fifth. Um, so I was really surprised and I just felt they were the most consistent. I mean, I thought Isis was the best and I kind of thought it was maybe I could make an argument for the other three based on all looks being weighted equal because I didn't love Raj's first one I didn't love uh, Victoria's third one and I didn't love uh, Silky's second one so it's like any of those three are up yeah, yeah. Um, but then hearing the critiques I was yeah it became clear to yeah, me yeah when, when you hear the critiques then, yeah. exactly when you hear those critiques you go yeah actually you're right I can see where you're coming from and, and again the judges are the ones that are in the room do you know what I mean mm. so they, they're going on energy they're going on vibe there's a whole, whole lot more to it not me, not me saying going on vibes. Oh, who do I think I am? Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's just pure vibes. But it's true. In there. It's just pure vibes, you know, coasting through on pure vibes. Um, but I do And also think, then when you think... hear safe, you assume that there's three people better than them, but actually there was yeah. no high position this week. It was either top or, or safe. So you're yeah. like, okay, fair enough. They, they're both, in my head, high and safe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I agree. Um, and deservedly so do you know what I mean yeah definitely so we get the lip sync to Nobody's Supposed to Be Here by Deborah Cox the Hex Hector remix who legendary Hex Hector love him so Silky wins I think that was fair like I think um, oh, Victoria put up a good fight the, the finger the finger yeah. can we have a moment for the finger the finger <laughs> yeah. that was that was the mo- see that's the silky moments that I'm talking mm. about that's the silky that I'm like yeah you win so unfortunately Anita gets sent home and like we said at the start of the episode I think it's probably fair enough it was great to see her again 
she obviously just can't translate very well to this competition, but that's not to diminish yeah. her. And it was it was really sad. You could see it in her face. She knew she was going, and that is sad because there is an element where you're kind of like you know as probably deserving as she was to go at that time. It was like oh, it's so sad to see you go because she doesn't fit the mold. So like she she wasn't up against fair competition in that sense, you know. Plus, Rita obviously had the upper hand by um, claiming an, an alliance with Silky, mm. you know. 100%. Miss Taken, thank you so much for joining me uh, today. Go and let people know where they can find you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably the only person that can get me out of bed at like half eight <laughs> on a Saturday morning. So, <laughs> I'll <come> to you. <laughs> um, yes. Um, you can find me, um, me and Miss Roots, um, at All My Friends every Thursday. We have a new show that we've just started, um, which is kind of like a comedy, chat show, cabaret, game show vibe. We're making it up as we go along, really. Um, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of something every Thursday for me and all my friends. Um, we also do Drag Brunch at the Bernard Shaw every Sunday, 1 to 3, 3 to 5. Um, and also for any... Uh, national listeners uh, we're going to be in the Theatre Royal on the 23rd of December and um, we're doing a drag queen Christmas with Mr Pussy and a gaggle of other queens as well um, tickets are selling fast for us though so um, if you are looking to come for a little bit of festive fun uh, make sure to get your tickets now Thank you for listening. If you are enjoying this Canada vs. the World content, you can head over to the workroom where we, uh, myself and James, were talking through Canada's Drag Race Season 3. We did a sort of like deep dive on the whole season in like two episodes. Um, and while you're there, we'll be doing an episode on Dragula pretty soon and Natalia's coming and Secret Celebrity Drag Race is coming. So there's a lot coming. So make sure you get signed up ahead of next year as well. So it's headstuffpodcast.com. It's just five euro a month. You can consider it like a little treat to yourself coming into the new year because we've got a lot of content coming your way have a lovely week i'll be back with you next monday for the next episode of canada versus the world until then have a great week see you love you bye this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.